All right, so we're joined right now by a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. He is co-host of the MMQB podcast. He previously covered the NFL for NFL Network, also NFL.com, and the Newark Star-Ledger. He is Connor Orr. He joins us right now. Connor, really good to have you on the program. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Great to have you. Thanks so much. Let me start with the Sunday night game. Another dismal performance by the Jets offense. Another catastrophic mistake by Zach Wilson late. Not that he's got great options, Connor, but if you're Robert Sala, what do you do? I mean, do you make a change at quarterback or at least his play caller? What should he do? It's so confusing, right, because there were some moments in that game where Zach Wilson, whether it was the no-look pass to Alan Lazard or even the Hail Mary at the end of the game, where there's probably only six or seven guys in the league who can do that. Um, And he's so talented, but you can't draw it out of him throughout the course of a game. And so at this point, you have to wonder if Aaron Rodgers is serious about a mid-December return, can you keep the locker room and keep Zach Wilson in? I don't think that those two things are, you know, you can't have both of those at once. Connor Orr is joining us. Connor, what about Aaron? Like, I'm a huge Aaron guy, but, and I believe in manifestation to a certain extent. Do you think there's any way at all that even if the team is good enough and it puts itself in that position, that he could realistically make a return mid-December or even after that this year? I'd be really curious to see kind of where the advice is coming from and and what he wants to do, right? I mean, if this really was a two-year plan, you sort of just push everything into 2024 and go into that with, with full health. I mean, you know, ACL injuries are, you know, Achilles injuries, all this stuff. It takes time. It takes time to heal. And if it was a partial tear, maybe I can see it. Maybe I can see him sort of relishing in that hero role. But um, I, I do think this Jets team is set up to win next year. And if he completes a, a full course of rehab, I think everything ends up kind of working out better anyway. I agree. Connor Orr is joining us. What about C.J. Stroud? Like, he's obviously been amazing in his rookie year and was again yesterday in Abdul and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. In your mind, has he gone from, like, the surefire offensive rookie of the year to putting himself legitimately in the middle of the MVP conversation? Yeah, and, you know, there's MVP purists, right, that say that Patrick Mahomes should win the award every year. But my argument is look at the organization before he got there and look at it now. And if C.J. Stroud was not playing well, we'd be talking about a new general manager. We'd be panicking about a six-year contract that D'Amico Ryans has. We would be saying that Tank Dell and Nico Collins aren't good wide receivers. And all of that has changed because this guy has been completely cool in a bunch of clutch situations, especially the last two weeks against two Super Bowl defensive coordinators. So it's uh, it's really been a heck of a run for him. No doubt. Connor Orr joining us. What about the Niners? The Niners needed a response, I think, after that three-game losing streak and coming out of a bye, and they did so in the most emphatic way possible, right? They pounded a red-hot Jags team 34-3. to Did you see enough from the Niners yesterday to say that they are who we thought they were and they're all the way back? I think they are who we think they are as long as Trent Williams is healthy. I mean, he is just such a linchpin to that offense. I mean, there were Jaguars players actually physically running away from him yesterday on, on certain blocks. He is that good. He's that talented. And, you know, when you combine all that stuff together and, you know, knowing people who know Kyle, I don't know how much of a bye week he actually took. You know, I mean, this guy is dialed in and it's as deep of a roster as we have in the NFL, that pass rush rotation is incredible now with Chase Young in the fold. So 
I, I really do think they're still my front runners. I mean, I had them as a Super Bowl winner at the beginning of the season, and not much has changed there for me. So, Connor, I'm just jumping around quickly because I want to make best use of our time, but when are the networks going to learn that Dallas v. the New York Giants on national television is not only not a good thing, but it's one of the worst things? <laughs> You're speaking my language. I've been writing this since 2020. This needs to stop be being billed as a good game. I mean, I know... Uh, the West Coast audience, you guys would probably appreciate hearing that, but I'm on the East Coast. There are games when the, you know, you can't get the NFL Sunday ticket rolling and you're stuck with a 49 to 10 game and it's just, it's unwatchable. And this game, these games haven't been good since Tom Coughlin's been coaching the Giants. And even, even then, I mean, the last few years are pretty bad. It's a, it's a bleak rivalry. It's tired and half the country didn't get to see, you know, the Chargers and the Lions yesterday and some of the brightest young stars in the NFL. Which was an absolutely wild shootout. Let me ask you about that since you brought that up. So the Lions outlast the Chargers in a wild 41-38 to game. You know, I want to hype the Lions, and I have hyped the Lions. I don't know how you feel about this, but anytime, especially this year, I hype anybody, they inevitably get punched in the face five minutes later. So where do you come out on the Lions? With their firepower offensively, are they legitimate Super Bowl contenders? I had a coach explain it to me like this, and I think it's the best way to look at it. If the Lions can run their offense the way that they want to run it, namely if they have David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs both healthy and the offensive line's working, they're as unstoppable as any team in the NFL. But there's some big ifs. Like earlier in the season, Tampa Bay kind of got wind of it. Um, David Montgomery got hurt. They shut down that running game. And if you kind of pull the pin on that, the rest of the Lions kind of start to crumble Jared Goff has a harder time, as we've seen kind of in the weeks where Montgomery was out. And so I, I think it's just a big, it depends. Now, Montgomery's back healthy. Everything looks good. And when you see it like it was yesterday, it's, it's hard to stop, especially if everybody's healthy. We are talking to Connor Orr. Connor, let me ask you, the Big Ten suspended Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. So, of course, there will be lawyers. And if there will be lawyers, then Harbaugh, once again, will look to the NFL, I would imagine. How much interest do you think that he will generate from NFL teams this time around? I think as long as – I think if the case is adjudicated or there is some sort of uh, – if he's able to – successfully pin this all on one rogue employee. I I think that the passage of Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL was always inevitable in my mind. I mean, the guy won 44 games, I think, in a couple of years in San Francisco. He won at San Diego. He he is a valued commodity. I think a team just has to be in the right spot in terms of willing to sacrifice a lot of the other, you know, the power that a GM has, the power that an owner has, over to Jim, who is a real kind of cult of personality type of guy. But I can see a few teams already in this cycle that are going to need new head coaches, you know, Las Vegas being one of them, where, where that could be pretty attractive. You know, to the point you just made about giving that power over to that guy, where do you come out? I mean, Bill Belichick, that's a whole hour onto itself. But ultimately, do you think that Bob Kraft would make a change and then would somebody give him the power, Belichick, the personnel power that he is accustomed to having, or is he going to have to accept that he's still a coach and that's what he should do and only that? It's such a great question. I mean, my read on the situation was always either Robert Kraft talks Bill Belichick into a GM and allows him to break the record while also restocking the cupboard for Gerard Mayo whenever you want to make that transition, or Bill Belichick has to accept maybe the end of his career as being sort of a Parcelsian end. And we know that Bill did that in Miami, where he was sort of an overarching person. He helped 
hire the GMs. He helped hire the personnel people. He had weighed in on all aspects of the operation. I think Bill would be really valuable in that role, but I don't know how valuable he is as a head coach slash GM right now, which is where a lot of the trouble, I think, is coming in. Connor Orr is joining us, covering a lot of ground. Before I let you go, I'm curious what you think about the Browns. Like, I'm kind of curious what I think about the Browns. I mean, we're talking about a team that came back from a 14-point deficit. They stunned the Ravens, who many, myself included, thought were the best team in the league after last week's beatdown of Seattle. Cleveland's doing it without Nick Chubb. They've got major injuries on the offensive line. Deshaun Watson finally kind of looked like Deshaun Watson. Watson, but he's been banged up. I guess what I'm asking you is, how exactly is Cleveland doing this? Because they've won four of their last five, and they are in the hunt. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Jim Schwartz, you talk about uh, the defensive coordinator, I mean, you talk about major offseason upgrades. I mean, that might have been the single greatest change that a team has made to themselves over the course of just a few months. And what it, that upgrade has meant, Miles Garrett is in the defensive player of the year. Uh, conversation. I would say, I mean, he's my leader in the in the clubhouse there, and so I think that Cleveland is just playing great complementary defense, and they're running the ball really well. And like you said, Deshaun Watson had two or three really good throws yesterday. He was terrible in the first half. He threw a pick six, and we're still talking about them beating the Ravens. I mean, this is this could get really dangerous if his game catches up too. He is a senior writer for Sports Illustrated, co-host of the MMQB podcast, and I talked about where he'd worked previous to that. Connor Orr, my guest. Connor, listen, really good to have you on. Appreciate all the insight. We should do it again soon. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That was fun. Connor Orr, he's a great read. I read him all the time. He is really, really good. Really good. And a good listen as well. All right, so your reaction to some of that. Telephone number, once again, 1-800-636-8686. We could have gone much deeper on the Patriots, but I've got Tom Curran coming up next hour, and I'm really curious to see what he has to say about what they do there.